sidetracked as we begin to get consumed with the teachings of Christ and the commands of Christ, we can get to the point where we get more enamored with the commands than we do with, with salvation, the reality of salvation. And, and so I really don't have time to explain it again tonight, but, but the fact is, is that God brings us back and he says, now wait, uh, before you get sidetracked into other issues now, uh, we, we got to keep right things in the right place. And he says, so we're going to deal and remind you about how you got saved. And you came in the straight gate. You came in through Jesus Christ and him alone. And so, but immediately he warns of those who will bring in false teaching. He said, so now we, we know about salvation. We know about our personal holiness and how we should walk the narrow way for, for the Lord. But he says, now, now we have this false prophets. Look at uh, 15 and 16, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. It says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather uh, grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And it continues on there, but as far as we'll go with, with those verses. But he says, beware of false prophets. So immediately the Lord comes in and says, even I'm trying to reemphasize the way, the plain way of salvation but he said, I'm going to warn you now. He said, now that you're saved, there are going to be people that try to infiltrate and try to try to change your thinking or try to, to misdirect you or try to get you into false doctrine. And now, who are these people? Now, primarily, when you start to really break this verse down, you find out that these wolves, ravening wolves, when you define that, you find out that they're really, they're robbers. They're, they're extortioners. And so the fruits, the fruit of, it, it, by definition, is really the fruit of one's lawn. So it's, it's actually your own children, your grandchildren, your posterity, and, and also those that you labor to win to Christ. And so it's twofold in here. So that's what fruits mean in here. Now, here's what it comes down to. The world is full of false prophets and false doctrine, but ultimately the most dangerous of all those are those who are preaching for profit. They're preaching for their own benefit. And that's who the Lord's talking about right here. You see, the Lord knows that there are some people that are preaching false doctrine, and they're sincere. They're sincerely wrong, but they're sincere. They're not, they're not in it to make a dollar. They're not in it to be prominent. They're not in it to have something. But the, the ones the Lord's really addressing here, he said, what, the ones I'm trying to tell you to be really super careful of are those that come in and they act like they care about you when they're just trying to line their own pockets. Now, those that are described by Jesus are, are those who are in it for the dollar. I read just not, not long ago, and this was quite a, you know, they actually happened, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, but I just read this, that uh, one of the top 10 wealthiest preachers in the world, uh, he asked his followers to all give at least $300 each so that he could buy a $64 million jet. Okay, now listen to me. You may, he, he travels the worldwide, and, 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 and watch this. Do you know that probably six out of ten of the, mo the richest preachers in the world, they come from Africa and third world countries? So, now watch this now. How they could get that rich off of those poor people. And I'm talking about being worth $150 million dollars. 
asking people that have virtually nothing to give $300 so they can have a $64 million airplane. Now, th- listen to me. Uh, you know, I don't know the man personally. I-, I don't know that. But I know this. You know, I- you can travel some other ways. You don't have to have a $64 million jet. That's like the top of the top of the top of the line. Now, this command is so important because, listen to this, please. Once you're saved, the heart of God burns within you. And you desire, the desire for spiritual things is born in you. But as soon as you get saved... And I've seen this all of my ministry. As soon as you get saved, Satan has his workers that will send to to you to get you sidetracked into false doctrine and false teaching. Do you know that many of the churches that surround us that teach false, false doctrine, they're filled with people who are one to the Lord by Baptist. They were filled by soul winning churches, filled by churches that run buses. And so uh, they're out there, and Satan, the moment that's, we used to see it all the time in the Salem ministry, we'd go up there, we'd win that boy. Nobody's been after him. Nobody's wanted him. Nobody's gone across his path. But he gets saved, and the very next week, somehow the cult has found him. Somehow some false religion has found him. Somehow they've grabbed a hold to him, and we have to go locate him. And, man, they will jump on them immediately because something spiritual in been born in them and they they are now uh, just free game there that's why it's so important that we get to them quickly and try to teach them quickly it's amazing how those who are not saved and not in church have little temptation to go to any kind of church but once they are saved it seems that they that people start coming out of the woodwork to entice them to their church it is, it's incredible. Uh, you go and you win them and you, you, you work and you work. Nobody's wanted them. And you get them saved and suddenly that other church wants them. They, they try to win them. They never try to tell them. They don't even have the gospel, but they come after them. This is what God's trying to warn you about. Now, even though those that are influencing them never did anything to help them toward salvation, man, they come after them as soon as there's something spiritually born in. The Lord says, I've been giving you principles which started with salvation and have continued with how to live for me. That's all these, doc, uh, these uh, commands that we had through verse 17, I mean, through the 17 commands. And, and he's taught us how to live with others, how to serve others. But now he says, I warn you that there are those that would like to manipulate your zeal for God for their own gain. And folks, if you're a young Christian, be very careful. Be very careful. Listen, run things past somebody's been down the road for a while. Uh, go by and ask somebody. Come to my office and, and ask me. Give me a call. Everybody in the world's got my telephone number. I, I would change it to a 901 number, but the whole world's got it. And they won't be able to find me. Well, that might, maybe I will change it. So, you see, now, but this command that we, ju- we addressed a little bit last week. We, we're addressing it down. He said, beware of these false prophets. Now, this command is an important preparatory warning and command that leads us to the next command. You see, the enemy is not always from without, though. Now, Jesus comes and he says, now, beware, beware. 
Because now that you're saved and you got something burning into you, there's going to come that guy. He's going to come to you and he's going to start talking in your ear. He's going to try to get to you. And I just saw Brooke made me think, you know, in, in Africa, I know you, you go and win them and nobody's trying to get that village at all, but suddenly the charismatics are going to try to grab hold of them. They're going to try to steal them away. Now, but here's where he's headed. He's warning you against the battle without. He's warning you of the attack without. But then he's going to say this. He says, you see, the enemy is not always from without. Now, hold on to your seat, folks. Are you ready? Sometimes he makes his way in the church. And since there are false teachers and we can be deceived, this, these, these commands go together. I hope you see this. Since there are false teachers and we can be deceived, Jesus says the way to grow in the church, the way to increase laborers who will spread the truth and help others in the church is the next command. And the next command, if you look at Matthew chapter 9, verse, 9, uh, verse 37, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, it says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into, the, into his harvest. Now again, you, you, we'd look at this and we think, okay, that's just, that has nothing to do with this, but it does. Everything Jesus, every command he gave is line upon line. It's building blocks upon each, each one. They're just building this wall this, that, that God has for us. If God sends them to you, listen to this. When you're praying for the labors, if God sends them, you not only get the right people, you not only get the right number of people, but people who believe rightly. You see, when you pray for God to send laborers, God will send his people to you. You understand what I'm saying? He's warned us about those that are going to come in that come in with false doctrine. God says, now, here's, and this is an error that some of the churches make now. It's going out and just beg, 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 and, and throw this one in this duty and throw this. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's so very important. You heard this since I got here. What do we say? We're going to pray that God would send forth laborers. And the truth is, all around this room, God has sent forth laborers into this room. Do you know what? Mike and Brooke were praying that God would send forth laborers to, to, to Africa, to Ghana. You know what God's doing? He's sending forth laborers. But watch this. When God sends them, they believe right. Now, they may not know everything. They not may, Listen, but they, what they believe, they believe right. They, they're not coming in to, to, to create chaos. They're coming in believing right. And this is so important. God says, I'm warning you because those are there that will try to infiltrate. He said, but watch this. Here's what you do. Here's how you resolve it. You pray for laborers. Calvary, pray for laborers. Continue to pray that God would send forth laborers. The Lord knows that every ministry needs laborers. I don't care how many you got, you need more. Every ministry needs workers and those who will invest their time, their energy, and resources into that ministry. The amazing truth, and listen to this, it's going to sound a little harsh, but the amazing truth, and it sounds harsh when you first hear it, is that not everyone is supposed to be here. 
Not everyone is supposed to be in Calvary. Not everyone is supposed to labor with us. Did you know that? Not everyone. Satan would love to send somebody. That's why we must pray that God sends them. Are y'all with me? Some would bring in false teaching. Some would bring in false doctrine. Some would bring in dissension and conflict. We have a, a, a church that gets along. Amen? Satan would love to send somebody in to create conflict. He would love to bring somebody in to bring dissension. He would love to bring somebody in. And, and look, God's warning us about him. And, and, and they say things like, well, I, you know, I, I love what the preacher said, but, I, you know, this one thing I don't agree with. Now, you got to be careful of that. Now, when you pray for people to come, when you pray for God to send laborers, do you think God's wise enough to send the right kind of people? We as human beings are so limited in our ability to know the mind of another man. Clearly, we cannot know another man's heart. So Jesus gives us a sign. He gives us a way to recognize what kind of people we're really dealing with. He says, their fruits will reveal them to you. But also, he says, you must pray that God sends them to you. In the last two commands, we find out that you can know them by their fruits. But he also says, but even that, he said, watch this. When they're trying to come in, you watch. See what their fruit is. He said, when they're trying to influence you without, see what their fruit is. He said, now you need help? Pray. Pray. Folks, that's the crucial, most crucial thing that we can do is pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Now, we must pray that God sends them. Only God knows the heart of man. Man may struggle with, with what is revealed, but God knows the heart and intent of man. And I'm not talking about people being perfect. Y'all always get nervous right here when I'm talking like this because I always feel like you're looking at me like, oh, wow, Brother Hooker, what's happening here? I see some of you scooting away from somebody you're sitting beside. <laughs> Look, we don't have this problem. You know, some things are preventative. You say, well, why are you preaching this tonight? It's in the sequence of commands. You understand? God did it. I didn't do it. It just happens to be in here. Are you okay? I know what you're doing. I know what it is. It's five after seven. You're going, oh, hey, say whatever you want to. Just get done. All right. Now, since coming to Calvary, you have me say over and over that, that we would be a church that prays. Praise the Lord of the harvest. Well, I hope you've heard. Anybody heard that? Three people. Okay. S Satan attacks in many ways, but one of the great ways is his use of man. The world attacks the church, and the church stands strong, for she knows her enemy. When the attack comes from without against the church, you know what everybody does? They rally together. The whole world attacks us, we rally together. They make a law against us, we're all going to get, there'll be double the people in here the first week, because we'll rally together. People that, that don't even know it, they'll, they'll come, we're going to fight for you. But when the attack comes from within, 
There's often chaos and destruction. For within, many fail to adhere to Christ's warning to beware. And many fail to discern the subtle enemy. I don't know, again, you're saying, who is it? Who's he talking about? Folks, there's nobody I'm talking about. I'm telling you, as you grow, though, this, this must be a possibility or Christ wouldn't warn us this way. Now, Satan desires his man to have a position of influence because through influence he can bring greater destruction. This is why it becomes so very important that we pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers so that they will be the very ones that God wanted us to have in the first place. Now, when we look at this, and I don't have time, we'll pick it up next, but the very next command is, again, just continues to build. Because the very next command says, but I, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Remember what we talked about? They come as sheep. I would come as wolves in sheep's clothing. He said, Behold, I send you forth as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now watch this. That's God saying, what I'm trying to get you to do is to live and walk in wisdom. You say, well, how do we get wisdom? Well, there's two ways. One, you ask for it. Two, you follow his commands. There's nothing you could do more wise than that. So what you do is you beware. And you say, how do I know who, who these people are to beware of? <laughs> By their fruits. Now, let me, let me help you before, I, before I'm done. This is so important. This all comes together when we realize that God gives us the wisdom to know what kind of fruits we're to be looking for. You see, again, so much of the time we take things like this, like the word fruit, and we'll say, well, that must be uh, soul winning. That must be, you know, if he's a, if somebody reached. Listen, I know people that are, uh, that, that I know one of the greatest soul winners I've ever known. Uh, he, he honestly, he, he tried to destroy a church. But he was a great soul winner. It's not just that one fruit. You see, even in the definition, it says, one, take a look at his family. That's one area you go. Take a look at this fruit of his real life. Do you know that you could be a great soul winner and be an adulterer? You say, Brother Hooker, that's crazy. One of the top guys in the sailor ministry used to give testimony when he got his life right. He brought down more sailors, saw more sailors saved than anybody in that ministry for several years while he was committing adultery against his wife. I know churches that are built that, that, man, I mean, they're bringing in hundreds. And the pastor's an adulterer. Now, I don't know any that are presently exist, but I'm telling you, in my, in my ministry, I've seen that, that take place. And, and they will try to, in their insanity, will try to justify their, what they're doing because God's blessing. No, that's not, that's one fruit. Let me tell you what that is. That's God says that his word is quick and powerful. His word is the what saves. It's not that man. But so you, you got to look for it. So you look from the, that fruit to his family, his real life. 
What's his family really like? What's his marriage really like? You go past that, though. The fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to do this, and, 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 and we'll be done for tonight, but listen to this. Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now listen to me, and, and I'm done here tonight. It is so very important. When, as the days go, and, and, and as Calvary grows, and, and I know these, God bless these boys, they come from, from you know, a large church, they go to the college yet, but the, but the truth is, Calvary is growing. We got more people here tonight than we had a, a year ago, or two years ago, and God's blessing. But as God blesses, as we bring more notice, Satan will notice, okay? And so, here's what's happening. God says, I want to warn you for some things to look for. Watch this. When you, when, when you start to, to, as we grow, and as you meet people even outside, or when you, people try to influence you, think of this. Do they influence you to love all the brethren or encourage you to conflict? If you get through talking to them, do you feel like having conflict or do you feel like loving? Number two, do they influence you to have joy or do they bring the spirit of discouragement? Hey, when you walk away from, do you feel more joy-filled or you feel more down? Come on, folks. Now, do they bring a spirit of peace or is there dissension in the air when they walk away? Uh, do they bring, uh, are they patient, which that's the word long-suffering, or with others? Or do they encourage you to be impatient with others? Are they always frustrated with somebody? Hello? Come on now. Are they always frustrated? Listen, I'm not saying that somebody has to be perfect in all this. I'm just telling you that you need to be alert when you start to sense that. You need to try to redirect that and try to help that person. And look, watch this. If they really are the one that God warns us against, they won't be helped. Are they gentle with others or are they harsh? Are they good, which means virtuous, completely honest? Oh, this is very important, folks. Listen, or do they shade the truth to get what they desire? It's so very important, man. Be careful of people that are always shading the truth. Are they people of true faith, or do they have a spirit that encourages doubt? When you walk away, do you feel more encouraged in your faith? Or do you walk away feeling discouraged and doubtful? Do they have a spirit of meekness or a spirit of pride? Here's maybe the most dangerous place. If there's a spirit of pride, watch this now. A spirit of pride, that's the number one tool of Satan. And I'm not saying that that we are all free from pride. I'm just saying when we recognize it, when you recognize it in yourself or in someone else, if we correct it, is there an attempt to change it? Or does it bristle in greater pride? Do they have self-control? Self, that's temperance, self-control. Or are they hot-tempered, and out of control. God says by these fruits, as well as the fruits of changed lives, 
you shall know them. Now, there's two questions for us tonight. Do we want to hear what God says and will we listen and will we try to learn from it? Will we try to watch for it? Will we try to adhere to God? Or there's a second question. What about us? You see, these are warning signs. This, this does not mean that this is a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a warning sign. Because we all happen to be flesh. And when God sends us labors, he's not going to send perfect people. But are they growing people? Are they willing to grow? I almost hate to say this. I'm sure glad Brother Bensinger's here because otherwise I'd probably be the oldest guy in here. But I'm still growing. How about you? And I got a whole lot of issues I'm still having to deal with. But the difference is the pride of Satan says, I don't need to learn. And when you see that rise up, that ought to be a warning sign. That ought to be a warning sign. So, again, y'all smile at me because we're great here tonight, all right? Now, I don't know about this group in here, but we're, this is the greatest church I've ever been in. The most loving people get along better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. You know, we're supposed to, have, you know, you're supposed to have that first year of a honeymoon uh, with, we, you know, we're going about two and a half years now, and, and it's, it's, it's still good. Well, on my end of it, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about your end of it. I guess we'll find out when we go on our vacation. We're going on vacation. Did y'all know that? I'm going to keep telling you because I can't wait. So, but listen, these are, these are just, they just line up in the commands of Christ. And this is what Christ taught his men. And they, they probably looked around, you know, <laughs> and, and of course we know Judas is there, but they're probably looking around and thinking, wow, does he really think? Were that bad? And some of them, that, honestly, I believe probably most of them started thinking, you know, I'm kind of weak in some areas myself, and so is he talking about me? But apparently Jesus said these commands are vital to all humanity, all Christianity throughout history. So we're going to learn them. We're going to teach them. And the best of my ability, I'm going to teach them and try to show how they build upon each other just like Jesus did. Now, I won't do it as well by any means, but I'm trying. So I hope it makes sense to everybody here. Father, I pray that you bless. I know